You're listening to Twyla Southall and L.J. Renee with What Does the Lord Say? This is Christian Talk Radio, here to challenge the status quo. If you keep doing what you're doing, you'll keep getting what you're getting. But if you want to see a change, if you want a spiritual revolution, if you need a spiritual renewal, stay with us. We are here to inspire, to inform, and to challenge you to consider what does the Lord say regarding life's issues. Visit our website for information on how you can join us for morning prayer. Access previous podcasts of this broadcast, or you can even now access and download this podcast in iTunes. There is also information to follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, or even sponsor this show. Visit our website at www.whatdoesthelordsay.com. We would love to hear from you. And happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers in Radio Land. Amen. And I pray that you all are having a wonderful time with your children and that if there are any relationships that have breaches in them, if you haven't seen your children, go find them, love on them, let them love on you and have a wonderful, wonderful day right after you get finished listening to the program, right? (laughs) So you stay right there. We're talking about the joy of the Lord and not the joy of the Lord that we talk about in terms of it being our strength, but the literal joy of the Lord, the joy that God has. The Bible says even in of about that joy in Hebrews that we are his joy. And have you ever really truly just stopped to think about it that you, me, we are the joy of the Lord? It was this day that God envisioned where you would be washed and cleansed and sanctified and calling upon his name, where you would be on your way to the house of worship, blessing the name of God, where you would be walking by faith and not by sight, where you where you would be pulled out of darkness and walking in this marvelous light. This is the day that he envisioned. And it was this day that brought joy to him, enough joy that would cause him to endure the hardship of the cross that Christ had to bear. Mm. And the scripture says in Hebrews 12, it says, wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with a great cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and sin which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us looking unto Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God And, you know, in the message translation, it says, do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, Mm. all these veterans cheering us on. It means we'd better get on with it. Strip down, start running and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it, because he never lost sight of where he was headed that exhilarating finish in and with God he could put up with 
anything along the way, cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor, right alongside God. When you find yourself flagging in your faith, go over that story again and again, item by item, that long litany of hostility he plowed through. That will shoot adrenaline into your soul. Oh my God, that is so true. The, the message of version, sometimes it gives you that, that understanding, which you may not have gotten out of the King James version. It just brings a, another uh, level of understanding. And so here he's talking about that the joy that was set before the Lord. And when I read this uh, version, I also think about uh, Isaiah 53, uh, when it talked about the purpose of Jesus Christ coming and that because of him coming to earth and dying upon the cross, he reconciled us to God. Isaiah 53, it says that always gets me when I read this after listening to all the things that Jesus had went through, how he uh, suffered under the hand of man, how he was stripped and how, you know, they plucked the beards out of the beard out of his face and how he was beaten beyond the recognition of a man. And then it goes down to verse 10. It says, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hands. Mm. Now, when we look at something like that, we say, well, why would someone? And I remember a student asked me that one time when I was reading this scripture and she she said, I don't understand this. She said, why was he so pleased that his son was hanging on the cross and suffering for us? And I said, I'm glad you asked that question is because he knew that what was getting ready to happen, that it was going to reconcile us back unto him. It was going to put us back in the in right relationship with God. That was joy. That was joy. That's the reason why Jesus suffered the way that he did is because he knew way on down in 2017, right at this point in moment, that there's somebody that's going to be accepting Christ to be reconciled back to God. That was joy. It's just like this. When a, a child goes missing and people looking for that child and it just seems like the child cannot be found they can't find no chase no trace of him but all of a sudden they find the child and they bring the child back to the parent i mean that is so much joy that that parent now sees this child who may have they may have thought was once dead have suffered much but now they see this child is alive and so it's so much joy and i can just imagine greater than that that god says now my creation now they're going to be reconciled back to me. And, and you know, the, so many things through the scripture all line up, line upon line and yes. precept upon precept. This is why he tells us, uh, looking beyond the, the affliction and the hardship and looking unto Christ, he was able to look past the, the cross, look past the uh, yes. abuse, look past the affliction for that joy that was set before him, mm. the joy that there would be a day, a Sunday, a day when you and I would be called on the name of Jesus, a day when those who once were captive by the devil, those who once were drug addicts, yes. the Bible says such were some of us. We were liars and cheaters and whoremongers, adulterers, idolaters, uh, idolatrous worshipers. We were everything you could think of, but he has snatched us from the pit of hell, rescued us from destruction and cleaned us up with the blood of the lamb. And now we are washed and sanctified and cleansed and yes. 
yes. calling upon the precious name of Jesus. This brings joy to him. It brings joy when he sees that another one has been rescued from the from the clutches of the devil. It brings joy when he sees the devil walking around to and fro frustrated because those that he once had, those that he once owned, those that he once indwelled now have been cleansed mm. and belong to the king of kings. It brings joy to God to see the redemption price that was paid at Calvary. He's starting to receive dividends back. You know, he yes. paid a price and now he's reaping the dividends or the benefits. He sold a seed in that Jesus was planted as the seed into the earth. And now all of us, we're coming up as the fruit from that which was planted into the earth. He died once and for all, but now we come up and live. We are like, you know, when you plant that seed into the ground, when you're trying to grow something, you plant the seed, it's got to be watered. And then lo and behold, yeah. there's a day when it starts springing up. We, yeah, that's right. we are the harvest. Yes. That's why he said the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. I planted a good seed in the ground. I planted my only begotten son. And now the harvest is coming up and I need some people to go out and help me harvest that's this it. world. Get these souls out, the souls that are crying and dying and thirsty and hungry. I'm here to seek and to save that which is lost. And when you talked about that child that's missing, that's returned back to their parent, that's what the prodigal son, that's, that's in the, pro he said, my son that was lost is now found. Mm. He that was dead is now alive. And all of them rejoiced and threw a party. We get a glimpse in, into what it's like in the mind of God. He rejoices over the souls that come yes. to him, over those who are delivered, over those who are, we spend a lot of time in church. I just wonder, do we, do we get happy over the right things? Do we give enough time to the right things? We spend a lot of time singing and I love good singing. Mm -hmm. We spend a lot of time preaching and you and I preach. So we absolutely love good preaching. But do we give enough time to that time when God is rescuing souls and defeating the devil and people are being birthed into the yes. kingdom? Do we give enough time? We spend a little time on offering, but maybe we need to spend just a little bit more time on delivering souls from the clutches absolutely. of the devil and watching them birth into the kingdom of God. When one and soul so, repents yes. and is redeemed, the Bible says the all of are heaven rejoicing. are rejoicing. Do we give heaven enough time to rejoice during, yes. our, during our service? We need to give some more time for the joy of the Lord to be fulfilled. And when you think about it, I believe when heaven is rejoicing, I believe when the Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength, I believe that is God giving us the opportunity to partake of his joy. In oh, other yeah. words, this, yeah. he, he experienced that joy in going to the cross because he knew what was coming and he gives us just a small glimpse of his joy and that is the joy of the Lord that becomes our strength. And, and you know what? He knew that we couldn't do it ourselves. That's why I like that song. It says because he will break every chain and that's exactly what he has done. He knew that there would no longer be any hindrances. Mm -hmm. There would no longer be any snares that can keep the people bound when Jesus came and rose again with all power in his hand when he shed his blood upon the cross that was it then he gave the power to Jesus to set them free otherwise we will still be dead in our sins I can remember the times when we would be in church and someone would come to the altar and someone would begin to start praying for them and they just start jumping up and down and receiving the Lord the whole church would go up as a result but of that. It, it, isn't that the instruction in the scripture? He said, 
rejoice with them that that's rejoice. Right. You need to get, because that's what heaven does. When a soul comes to God, all of heaven is rejoicing. We need No to, longer bound. We need to exemplify or mirror the rejoicing that happens in heaven. You know, I, I, I hope we don't get so busy with, with all of the other five things on the program that when it comes time to the souls being delivered and saved, that we push them off into the corner or into the back room so that we can keep uh-huh. going with the sir. No, take that time because somebody in the other pew need needs to see, to see it. That's they right. need to know that God yeah, still the breaks the curses of sin That's and right. God still breaks the yokes of bondage and God still breaks the, the chains that bind you. They need to see that God can deliver an addict and God can deliver a liar, a whoremonger, an adulterer, a cheater, a fornicator. God still breaks the power of the devil. Uh, I mean, God is still the greatest power there be. Oh. And we need to be able to see it because when I see God delivering them, then I begin to take courage and have hope that if he did it for them, that's right. just maybe God will do it for oh me. My. But even, even during those sessions, that when people are being delivered, the person that's watching, their brain, their chains are being broken, broken too. too. And God began to start uh, speaking to their hearts. Yeah, and, and you know that's right because when Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises in the jail, the Bible says that there was a great earthquake that the chains that the that the doors of the prison were open when the doors of the prison were open lj renee all of the prisoners got to be free when you're around where the blessings of god are falling where the rain of god is falling you'll get some of that dewdrop, some of those blessings too we need to allow people to see the deliverance power of god that I'm happens you, that I, there is nothing that's like what it. created a thirst in me a thirst when, in I, when i was when the lord led me to a particular church after being in a traditional church and I had never seen the power of God fall like that. I mean, it created a thirst in me. I was, I mean, it was like, I couldn't wait for Wednesday night. I couldn't wait for Sunday because I knew that something was going to happen in that service that was going to break strongholds or cause people to cry, cry out. Uh, there was going to be a revelation that I'd never heard before. Uh, but reading the word, I can see exactly where it was in the word. I mean, I was very excited about doing that. And, and then seeing them come to the altar and knowing the individual's life and to mm. see them rejoicing because now the spirit of the Lord has broken the chain that held them bound and now they're able to rejoice. I mean, what a wonderful time that that is that we can rejoice with those who rejoice. And you know, rejoice means the prefix Joy. re R E is when you do something again, Come like on. when you rewind, when you redo, it means you do again what you have done before. When you rejoice, that means there was some joy there and go back and rekindle the joy that once was there. There was joy. When you first came to God, there was joy in your heart. When you first came to God, you were jumping and leaping and dancing for joy. And sometimes you get dry and sometimes you get complacent. But God says you need to rejoice. You need to go back and get the joy that God has given to you because the joy of the Lord is your strength. When you can be partakers of that wonderful joy that God has, I mean, it was for the joy that was set before Jesus that he endured. You wonder how could he allow the creation, the men that he created to spit on him, to beat him, to pluck out his beard, to do all manner of evil against him. How could he allow
allowed that when he knew he all he needed to speak a word and he could destroy them all. He did it because there was joy mm. in his heart at what he would one day see accomplished by the power of the cross. The cross still has power. The cross reconciles us back to him it and it brought joy to his heart. Listen, we only look at things for what we can see in the near term, but he's able to look well beyond what is today and he's able to look into next week and next year, the next century into all that would be heirs of salvation and he saw you and me and he wrote my name in the palm of mm. his hand and no man can take it out. He made sure that he wooed us because you know what? He had a promise that these belong to me. That's right. I've written them in the palm of my hand so now I gotta go get them and he pursued after each and every one of us. He was on your heels hard loving you. The goodness of God leads men to repentance that you and I come running to the cross of Christ not because we are scared of hellfire I came running because I realized mm. that I was broken that he loved me just like oh I was God. he loved me in spite of myself he loved me before I could get right he loved me just like I am broken bruised battered and torn and not just me but he loves you the same and we want to encourage you to rejoice in the Lord and again I say rejoice when you consider how great and perfect this love is that he has extended to you. You owe him the best of your service because he has given you his very best in Jesus Christ. And we need to rejoice in the Lord. So how do you think joy, uh, Jesus expressed his joy? You know, I, I think that I think that he did it a variety of ways. I think you that just he take sang. some creative liberty. Yeah, now. no, I think that he sang. I think that he danced. Not, not, not our kind of dancing, you know, but <laughs> picking I think him up, that, putting him down. Yeah, <laughs> I, not our pick him up, put him down, but with the fast organ going. But I think that he danced. I think that he sang. And all then, of uh, the expressions uh, of joy that he did. I think his love was an expression of his joy. You know what it reminds me of, too? When I look at that movie, The Passion of the Christ, I'm telling you, that has to be the best movie. And and when he was, uh, when they was making him carry the cross. And that and, was the love. And that was the love. Joy. I mean, they had just given him the cross and he embraced it. I mean, and, and the soldier said, man, what are you doing holding that cross like that? Don't you know that you're going to die up on that cross? This, Why? You, this, this you know, in a moment, it's going to be all over. And, and I'm telling you, that's one of the scenes that I always will remember in that movie because it was such an unusual uh, emotion or response. Who would? knowing that they're going to a cross or they're going to the electric chair and they, they go with joy or they or see, they embrace the, the challenge, we, you know? That's the part we miss. We keep looking at the affliction. He looks beyond he, it. That's, that's a what good point. Yes, said. he did. For the joy that was set before him, he looked beyond the cross. He looked beyond the pain. He looked beyond he the knew affliction. It was he all looked beyond over. the betrayal. <laughs> I mean, when Peter betrayed him, he looked beyond yes, the betrayal. These things must need be that I would accomplish the will of my father. Remember when he was in the garden of Gethsemane? Yes. He said, nevertheless, that's right. Not nevertheless. my will, but thy will, O God, be done. After all that he went through, I believe that he maintained his joke.
when I listen to that song, I, it just makes me want to just to clap my hands and to stomp pick my up, feet. I mean, pick, them pick them up and put them down because I'm telling you, it's just the joy of the Lord. Even in song, when we're singing about what Jesus has done for us, we have joy. I mean, that is a delight that we, when we set our minds upon that he did it all for us. That while we were yet in our sins, he did it all for us. That no longer, he took care of it all. No longer will you be bound and held down and not having a way out. No longer would you be full of guilt, so oppressed and depressed and afflicted that you can't even operate. He said, no longer. He said, because I'm getting ready to take care of this thing right here. And I, and I just really believe that that's exactly what was going on or was going on in his mind is that I'm on my way to Calvary. And it's going to be over. Oh, death, where is that sting? I just believe that that's what he just knew. Like you said, he looked beyond that. He looked beyond the, the cross. He looked beyond the beatings and the plucking out of the beards. And he looked beyond that because he knew. He knew what was coming. He knew what he was knew coming. He knew there was a day when you and I would be named among the righteous seed of Christ. And then he left this admonition for us in Hebrews. He said, now, look, I want you all to remember that there is a great group of pioneers who have blazed the way. All these veterans, they're cheering us on. You got a great host and a cloud of witnesses. Mm. So you got to get on with doing what he called you to do. He said, strip down and start running and don't you ever quit. You don't need any extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sin. Lay aside that stuff that trips you up. Mm. Get rid of that stuff that messes you up. Keep your eyes on Jesus. You want to know what you should be looking at, who you should be focused on? You focus on Jesus. He's the one who both began and finished this race that we're in. And you need to study how he did it and repeat what he did. You need to emulate what he did. Because he never lost sight of where he was headed. And that exhilarating finish in and with God, he could put up with everything that was along the way. The cross, the shame, whatever it was. And now he's there. He's at that place of honor, seated right at the right hand of the throne of God. So when you find yourself flaggling in your faith, go over the story again, item by item, that long litany of hostility he plowed through. And that should shoot some adrenaline in your vein. You need to pick yourself up and stop your complaining because you have not yet resisted under blood. He has endured much more hardship and affliction than any of us ever dreamed of doing. And he endured it all with the dignity and the joy that was set before him. And we need to use that as our great example and do the same because there's some witnesses cheering us on. There's some people, there's some people rooting for you to win. I know the enemy's rooting for you to lose, but you got a great host of many witnesses rooting for you to win. They're rooting for you. You can do it. They're pushing you. They're encouraging you. And they are at your side wanting you to win but even greater than all of the hosts in the cloud of witnesses Jesus himself is your biggest cheerleader he's the one that's seated at the right hand of God praying and interceding on your behalf that your faith fail you not and you will win and you will make it the joy that we have is the hope of eternal salvation Absolutely. with Jesus Christ encourage one another that's with right. this hope that's that right. the clouds are going one day part and the 
trumpets go one day sound and you are going to hear the triumphant victory sound of Christ calling you home. And he said, you can rejoice and encourage one another that we are going to be caught up to meet him in the air. That's the joy set before us. And you know what? The thing about it is, is that when you have that joy, you're no longer thinking about the suffering that you had to go through. Mighty Rock, he talks about that, about a woman giving birth. You know, she travailed much, but once she has that child, she forget about that pain. And that's exactly what Jesus, he forget about all that stuff because of the joy that was set before him. Then the joy that we will be justified, the joy that we will be reconciled back to the father. He said, cast aside the sin and the weight that so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. And you know what? He's the one that gives us the grace to run the race. Dear God, we thank you for this privilege and this opportunity to partner with you in the earth to see your will be done in us, dear God. May we, Father, ever be mindful of all that you endured, of the great example you left on record, of the host of witnesses that cheer us on. May we be mindful ever, every day to know, God, how uh, great trials and tribulations you went through for the redemption of our soul, the things that you endured. Father, how how even God, how you thought it pleasurable mm. to see that suffering, you, not Lord. that you uh, enjoyed Jesus suffering, but you enjoyed the promise that was coming as a result of him enduring the cross, despising the shame. And we thank you that he is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God, ever living and making intercession on our behalf. May we likewise, Father, exemplify that perfect example that has been left for us. May we not complain. May we not mm. get stuck at what we see, but may we look beyond the difficulty, look beyond the affliction mm. and see the joy that will come when we are victorious and overcomers and more than conquerors through Christ that loves our soul. We thank you for this day. We bless your great name. And I lift up every father before you, dear God, yes. would you father use them as an example to their children? I pray that you mend the brokenness in lives that you bring fathers back to their children, children back to their fathers. I pray that those fathers would go reclaim their children, that they would love their children, that they would nurture and raise their children just as you have loved and nurtured and raised us. We thank you for this day. We glorify your great name. What an honor and what a privilege to serve a God that went through so much to redeem our souls. Thank you for tuning in. You have been listening to Twyla Southall and L.J. Renee with What Does the Lord Say? For information on this program, on how you can subscribe to or access previous podcasts of this broadcast, visit our website at www.whatdoesthelordsay.com. Until next time.